Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome back to the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7. FM broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. And if you love the show, you love the shenanigans, then hey, go download the podcast anywhere that you can get them. Check out the check out the WFNZ app. But look for the West and Walker Podcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get them. All right, last night, man. Stayed up. Steph and the Dubs, I thought they would get the win. Thought they'd get the job done over L.A. I'm thinking their back is against the wall. No way they lose, right? Wrong. Okay. Steph and the crew just making uncharacteristic mistakes down the stretch, which has them now in a 3-1 hole to King James and the Los Angeles Lakers, Anthony Davis, and the crew, man. Last night, it was a great game, though. I will say that. That's what kept me up. If it would have gotten a little bit lopsided at certain points, probably would have went ahead and dozed off. But the game was so good, I stuck with it. So, you know the question. The pendulum has swung. Are the Warriors done? Can they come back from 3-1? to one? And I was not trying to make that a rhyme. I appreciate that. You're very good at that. I think the Lakers are going to win this series. Yeah, I don't think Golden State is going to come back. I know Golden State might be the team that you would think could come back from this kind of deficit because they have championship experience, because they've been there before. But that experience didn't show up in the waning seconds of last night. Didn't show up in the waning minutes. Like, last two minutes, every single one of their foundational pieces made awful mistakes. Yes. Every single one of them. Steph, Draymond, Clay, whether it's Thompson shooting two awful three-point attempts, whether it's Draymond Green just forgetting how, forgetting how to basketball after the play did not work out the way it was supposed to, and St- and Steph Curry forgetting there was a timeout and not only throwing it out of bounds looking for someone, throwing it over his head out of bounds. Steve Kerr, because it's the only thing you could possibly do, just says, all right, we'll challenge it. And LeBron doesn't even come close to touching that basketball. It was a very quick review. We know it's going to be the Lakers basketball, and they inbound it. It's done. Lakers end up winning because of all of the late game decisions. It's why I've always kind of thought when we talk about championship experience, I do think it counts. I I think more so it counts if you are such a fresh team on the other side, right? If, if you are a new team to the big stage, maybe you get a little lemon booty or butt tight, as I said yesterday when we were talking about <laughs> lemon booty. I never heard that one. If maybe oh, lemon booty is great, lemon booty is fantastic. It's not great to All experience, right, but it's a great, sa- it's a great saying. <laughs> do you want it? Do you know what it is? I actually don't. <laughs> I don't know what. I just agree. All right, is something that you can tell me or do I need to look it up? No, it's fine. It's when you pucker up because you're a little butt tight. Okay. Yeah, sour. All right. That's what it is, lemon booty. You're not ready for the moment. So if you're a younger team and you're on the big stage for the first time, you might experience that lemon booty. But the Lakers are not a young team with LeBron. 
they are not a young team with Anthony Davis, despite him being inconsistent from even half to half last night, as we saw. We can see Golden State, their championship experience did not shine through. The fact that there were so many, Wes, is surprising. It'd be one thing if you only had the ill-advised three from Steph from 40 foot out where he's taking a step back, shooting off one leg, too. They had nothing. There was nothing going right for Golden State at the end of that game, and everybody contributed in the worst way. Well, maybe it was the weather because Jalen Rose has an interesting theory (laughs) about teams on the playoffs, teams on the road in the playoffs, and how weather can affect them. Let's hear it. They joke about it in Miami, but also as a road, when you're the road team, you got to pay attention to that weather and that heat because it causes your muscles to have a little endurance. It affects the endurance of your muscles and causes tiredness. So if you notice the Knicks in particular are making shots in the paint, but they're missing shots outside of the paint in particular from three. In case you didn't hear, Jalen Rose was talking about how the weather would affect different different players because of the muscles, I guess, right. tightening up or whatever. I know the audio was a little spotty. But, yeah, how much you guys buying in? You want to share your thoughts, Wes? Well, I do believe that to an extent because, like oh, I said, okay. Jalen Rose was a top-level athlete, and he definitely would know things of that nature. But uh, we're talking about – and he's talking about the heat in the Knicks and the, and the South Beach weather perhaps having an effect on – the New York Knicks as well as they go down 3-1 as well. And just really quickly, I think that the Warriors are not done, and I think that they can come back, and I think that they will come back from 3-1. I'm just going to put it out here uh, right now. I think the basketball guys get LeBron back from when he came back on them, and I think that they're going to win in Golden State, and then I think they're more than capable of coming back. This is a team that can come back and have focus. And now back to Jalen Rose's point about the weather. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I do buy into it, but at the end of the day, these are NBA guys, vets that know what to do. They know when they're going to Miami. These guys have the best trainers in the world, and a lot of times your trainers are going to be prepared for things like this. They're going to tell you, hey, we're going down here. It's a little hot. This could do this, especially if you're going and hanging out before the game. We know players like to take walks or go eat dinner, go eat lunch, different things like that. So who knows how that can affect them. But all we know right now is that the Knicks are being affected mightily uh, as well as the Golden State Warriors because they find themselves in a 3-1 hold down to the Miami Heat. And the Heat have just been on fire since the playoffs have begun. They took out the number one seed, the Milwaukee Bucks. So I would imagine they don't look at the Knicks as much more formidable in a team that they can take out. Julius Randle had 20 points yesterday. Jalen Brunson dropped 32, but it wasn't enough. Jimmy Boring, I mean Butler, had uh, 27 points with 10 assists and six boards. And uh, Bam Adebayo, straight out of North Carolina, had 23 and 13. So uh, what are your thoughts on what Rose said? Do you think that the weather is affecting these road teams? And what do you think about uh, the Heat Knicks series right I'm, now? I'm sorry, are we talking football right now? Are we talking about if the weather is affecting the road team <laughs> on, on the field? Is well, that, Denver, it affects guys. Are we doing? Yeah, the altitude does. Sure, yeah. Not the weather. Yeah. Not that it's raining outside. It's the altitude. Mile High Stadium, very big difference. (laughs) Once you walk into the stadium where the temperature is regulated and you have air conditioning, everything is fine. 
You might be cold outside, but once you get in, you're going to be okay. Now, I will say the Spectrum Center gets very cold if you're just viewing it. It does. As a fan, it gets way too crazy this cold. This is true. I feel like Mac controls the AC over at the <laughs> Spectrum Center. I feel like he's got it on like 64, 59, anywhere in between those two uh, measuring points. No, man, I don't buy into this at all. Like, I, I, can't, I can't buy into the weather. Maybe... Maybe the heat in Madison Square Garden, but like no. Once you're in the once you're in the garden, everything is fine. So no, I can't buy into that. I can buy into Jimmy Butler playing as well as any member of the Miami Heat has in the postseason in a while. Certainly since you can go back to the Heatles. If you look at his points per game average, he's averaging more than any other member of the Miami Heat has in their postseason series. More than Dwayne Wade right now. More than LeBron James on their runs going to the championship series for what four straight years winning a couple of those championships as well jimmy butler is the reason and then they're getting help a little bit from everybody else and so i think that's this has kind of been i mean one the postseason's been fantastic you've had big time star play whether it be from jimmy butler or devin booker those guys have probably been the best players in the postseason nicole Jokic too has been sensational 53 with denver that's absolutely ridiculous but also you have some fun storylines like, how about James Harden starting to salvage his reputation a little bit? Not great in game two and game three, but he's coming through in the huge moments, game one and game four. You need a clutch bucket. James Harden has delivered with some 40-point performances. And then we even get a Lonnie Walker last night. In the fourth quarter, that guy is stationary, dribbling between his legs and pulling up over Steph Curry, hitting mid-range after mid-range, going step for step with Golden State, helping the Lakers win. When LeBron James isn't necessarily hitting a whole bunch of shots, he would get fouled. But this has been a great mix in the postseason of role players stepping up. Landry Shamit for Phoenix is someone we can mention, too. Big time star level play and all sorts of storylines that have made this one of the more fun postseasons I can remember. Yeah, I just get annoyed sometimes. Last night was the first good Lakers-Warriors game that we've gotten. The other three have been blowouts. And that's what kind of gets on my nerves sometimes, the massive blowouts that we get sometimes in these playoffs. But now when you look at the Knicks, though, and you talk about a team that seemed like they had a lot of promise, a lot of people came into this series, oh, the Heat are the eight seed, so the Knicks should be able to take care of business, and now we see them on the brink of elimination. Are they missing out on their opportunity? And I'll kick this to Fiddy as well. You can chime in. Are they missing out on their opportunity, or is this a Knicks team that's at the genesis of what could become a really good program yet again, and they're just taking a few bumps and learning their way through. If the opportunity is to quit, then no, they're not missing because that's <laughs> what they're actively they're actively doing. Because that's that's what happened last night. I don't know. Like me and Flounder had a conversation last night. He wanted to compare what's happening right now to what happened in 2013 when they got beat by the Pacers in the second round. But to me, it doesn't feel the same way. Like Julius Randle, not the player that Carmelo Anthony was. During during that season where he was the best scorer maybe in the NBA, you know, this team doesn't have a whole lot of depth. They they don't get really nothing from any of their big men from a from a scoring wise, anything like that. You just thought this series was gettable because no one thought Miami would do this two series in a row because yeah. it, it hasn't happened since the Knicks went to the finals as an eight seed in 99, 2000. Was it like this doesn't happen, but it's that culture. The Heat have the second-best culture in the NBA. They're not shooting lights out. They're not playing great. They're just flat-out out-toughing them, and that's the most 
damning thing to watch because you would think with a team coached by Tom Thibodeau, they'd be the <laughs> toughest team on the court. Oh, oh. And that just hasn't been the case the last two games in South Beach. Yeah, I think that the Knicks, I'll just chime in quickly and then walk you can go. I just think that the Knicks, uh, I think this is a team that's kind of stacking up building blocks. I feel like they're, the series is looking ugly right now, but as far as them overachieving to an extent, I didn't think they would get necessarily this far when the season began, when they picked up Brunson. So I think that they add some pieces here and there in the offseason, and I think they can bounce back next year uh, and be very formidable. I'm not going to say this series is 100% over with, but I think the Knicks are on the right track. Oh yeah, I mean, as far as what they're doing to go to the future, it it is fascinating because just how much do you want to have Julius Randle be a part of this team? He still is a good. He was really good this regular season. No, he needs to be traded. Okay, but <laughs> you want him here? Because I would I would take PJ Washington in New York if y'all took Julius Randle. Well, you Ooh. said PJ. You said PJ Washington can't start for you guys. He can start now, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to get rid of the assets to get Julius, but you have to call his year a very good one. I mean, he was getting All NBA uh, recognition. He was not. He's not going to get one of those spots. Or I, he didn't get one of those spots. Can I get you a stat? Because you love stats. Uh, yes. The Go last ahead. three years, he has the worst field goal percentage in the postseason of any player. And mm. with with two trips and has three. not been good. Two two trips to the postseason. That's right. They missed it last year altogether, didn't they? Yeah. So so you're talking about the Atlanta series is what you're talking where he was not good. Mm-hmm. And no, and that's so I said regular season. It's been a really underwhelming postseason for Julius Randle, and that was a big problem. He had to step up, and he did not do it. I'm not going to fight you on that. The big point is, if you're talking about the Knicks heading in the right direction, Jalen Brunson, clearly someone that has proven his contract in the regular season, not playing nearly as well right now, but he was a big part of their series win in the first round. R.J. Barrett has had some nice moments. I just am really interested in the Randle piece. What I wanted to get to before we kind of got off track or or started to go a little bit further, I wanted to bring it back to the Pacers point. The big difference between the Knicks in this postseason series and what happened in 2013 is that the Pacers were a better team out of the regular season that year. I do think the similarity is that both teams are very physical. Both teams are defensive minded. That team had Roy Hibbert before he got played out of the league in like two years worth of time. (laughs) They had Paul George, who was on the rise, ready to be a superstar right then and there. And they had great role players, very well coached. And this is what challenged the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Miami with Jimmy Butler, formidable opponent. You know how much I love Jimmy Butler. The dude is the coldest dude in the NBA, one of them, especially in the postseason. But when you're talking about Indiana, I think that team just overall was better, but kind of similar stylistically. Like, I get what Flounder is getting at with that. And certainly, I I do think New York is missing an opportunity here to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. If you're playing a 7-8 seed, something that low, and you can't get the job done, yeah, that's going to be brutal for Knicks fans, despite the season having gone a lot better in the regular season than you thought. All right, really quick before we go to break, I'm going to take Celtics, and I'm going to take Suns tonight. Who you got? I like both of those picks. I'll take both of them. All right. Well, when we return on the Wes and Walker show, these four major betting houses have Bryce Young finishing second in rookie of the year next season to who? Find out when you come back. This is the Wes and Walker show sports radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Folks, we are back. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Walker, that's the WWE entrance song right there, man. Bianca Belair right there for you. Yeah, I've never heard of it in my life. It's dope, man. Never I heard of it. it. I like the intro. Yeah. Cool with the intro. Like the song. Never heard it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, should I have her come in here and pick you up and body slam you? I, she could. She's that strong. I don't doubt it. Yeah. I don't want any smoke with anybody because Lord knows you're going to bring in somebody that does wrestle because you've I already just done might. it. Our yeah. truth, you've man, already our done truth it. to cook up some people. No, we, we, had, a, we had a blast <laughs> we with did. our truth, though. We did. That was fun. Charlotte FC, Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse, coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Going to read some text from the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. TC asked, has anyone seen Roy Hibbert lately? Please go check on that guy. Right? He was the one that suffered the most from the modern day and age of the NBA. I mean, the NBA changed overnight on that guy. If you're talking about defensive player of the year, ultimate rim protector, LeBron James had problems with Roy Hibbert. That's one of the biggest reasons that they were able to challenge. They went six and seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Lance Stevenson blowing on the year and Roy Herbert protecting the rim. Those are the reasons. Yeah, it's played for Charlotte, by the way. You think a lot of bigs have smoke for the Warriors because of the way they changed the league? When you talk about the Hansboroughs and the Roy Hibberts, because like you said, it seemed like the league just changed overnight. You think guys are resentful of the Warriors? Yeah, I mean, they could not keep up, for sure. When they went, once they went to skill or small ball, it was going to be hard for them to keep up. 704 said, it cracks me up how many people are whining about the owner not getting fined or kicked out of the arena. Do people not realize we are not on the same level as the NBA owners? This is their league. I guess that's in reference to Matt Ishbia during the tussle, if you want yeah. to call it that, with Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I didn't have any problem with him not getting fined or kicked out of the arena. It was just all about Ishbia needing to let go of the basketball. Like, dude, let go of the basketball. You flopped. Nikola Jokic shouldn't have got suspended, and he wasn't, so we move on. TC also said Walker should trademark Lemon Booty, Lemon Booty t-shirts. I didn't create it. This is, I think, a phrase either Bomani Jones created it or either he made it famous. But he is one to mention it quite a bit on the Right Time Pod, on any of the shows. And so I definitely said it because I think it is a great saying. But I did not coin that. Scrolling just a few other texts real quickly. Uh, Spence talked about Miami getting blown out by Atlanta in the play-in game. That's shocking, right? Like Miami was almost out of the postseason entirely failing at home against Atlanta. 
And now here they are about to go on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And he kind of used that as the Hornets. They fell in the play-in game. Borrego is wrongfully fired. He used that to justify not firing James Borrego. And so those are a couple of the texts on the Garage Door Guru text line. Number is 704-570-9610. And so that's a great segue because if Panthers fans don't have enough of a reason to hate Atlanta as it is, I'll give you another one. You talk about the rookie of the year for next season, and a lot of people think that Bryce Young is right up there as he should be a candidate for rookie of the year. But when you look at the four major major betting houses, you're talking about FanDuel, BetMGM, DraftKings, and then you talk about Caesars. All of these guys have Bijan Robinson, the running back from Atlanta, as the betting favorite for the rookie of the year next season. So let's get into that a little bit. B. John Robinson, you know, I talked a lot about this guy uh, as we got up in the draft process of how much I liked him coming off of a 1,500-yard season at Texas, 18 rushing touchdowns. And so when you watch this guy play, for those who haven't seen him, in my opinion, he's a mix of Le'Veon Bell, Marshall Falk, and – Adrian Peterson. And if you say wow on your radio when I say that, wow. I mean, it really is when you watch him because I talk about Marshall Falk and Le'Veon Bell when you talk about what they can do in the passing game, but the jump cuts, the style of play that they have, the kind of gliding style that he has, but then Marshall Falk with the jump cuts, he's got the power and speed of the Adrian Peterson, and he's just been one of those prodigious backs. We talk about Bryce Young being a prodigious quarterback. This kid, I told you about it when we were at the draft party, how a team in high school, they clapped on a six-yard gain that he got because he averaged 18 yards a carry his senior season. And so uh, when we look at this, what are the chances do you think Bryce Young can win? Do these gambling places have it right? What do you feel like? And does this add to the rivalry now uh, between Atlanta and Carolina when they play each other? Because these seem to be two stud prospects. No, I, I don't think it. I'll answer the latter first. Well, I know how you feel about running back. So I feel like I know what's coming. Well, I don't think it adds to the rivalry here. You know, I don't think it adds. At I'm all. talking about to this new chapter yeah. with. Two looks like superstars that are going to carry their franchises. Yeah, I, even that considered, I don't think it adds at all to the rivalry. I mean, because Carolina, wouldn't, it, the thing that would add to the rivalry is if Carolina made the wrong decision. They weren't going to draft Bijan Robinson at number one. Bijan can be a great running back, but when we talk about rivalries, you really need to talk about it at the same position. Bryce Young and Bijan are not going to be competing for the same stuff outside of rookie of the year. And Bijan Robinson is going to put up a lot of stats. The odds makers have it right. I mean, Bijan is going to get fed the football a lot. Any generational running back that gets drafted that we tout, they have a great shot at winning rookie of the year. Saquon Barkley won it in 2018. Alvin Kamara, who was not tabbed that, but eventually became awesome in that year. He won it in 2017. Todd, Todd Gurley viewed very favorably. He won it in 2015. Eddie Lacy won it in 2013. And if you're a quarterback that wins it, then you usually are flirting with a playoff berth. Or you put up ridiculous stats, right? Justin Herbert won it in 2020 deservedly. Kyler Murray, I think that was actually a weak rookie class, if I'm not mistaken. I can look up some of that a little bit more so. Dak Prescott, crazy year. Dallas gets to the postseason. So Bryce Young has a shot. He, he does have a shot. If Carolina makes the postseason and he puts up decent numbers, then maybe people will, will attach more meaning to the winning side of things and put it to the QB because they have such a great effect on winning. But I don't have – I don't think at all you're talking about player – You got a percentage on it? Uh, the chances that he wins, I mean, probably 
I think Bijan certainly deserves to be the favorite. So I'd go like 25%, 30 You think that's too low? Yeah. Now, for one, to go back what, to your comments. Go ahead. Now, what were you going to ask me? No, well, we're we're all – what question do you want to ask? Right. Like, which one? <laughs> like, all right, what, so I do think this does add to the rivalry because I say it in the sense of what players are going to have those moments that make you hate that team more. And so I think when you talk about both of these guys being studs, both of these guys going to be their franchise's uh, top players – Certainly, if Atlanta ends up drafting another quarterback in the next year or two, then that could change. But Bijan's still going to be a part of their big two, big three, whatever way they choose to uh, attack people. But I think that he's going to have moments that Panthers fans are going to hate him. I think that Bryce Young are, is going to have moments where Atlanta fans hate him. And so I think in this new new phase of this rivalry with highly touted draft picks, I think that this does kind of but add to But there's no it. player rivalry. If, no, if there's you, no player rivalry, but I'm just saying that these two players are going to add to the legend of this rivalry in the moments that I feel like both of them will have. Yeah, if you want to talk about the Panthers fans hating good players for the teams in their division, then sure. I'm sure Panthers fans didn't love Julio. They didn't, right? Like they right, didn't yeah, like and, and that's the sense I mean. Like They're going to be like, God, I hate Bijan. I yeah. remember when he hit us for 220 and we needed to go to the playoffs. I don't think there's going to be any added hatred or a- added vitriol to the rivalry if Bryce Young is second to B. John Robinson. Maybe, you know, maybe you have debates there, but I don't know if that's going to be something that goes on and on about, hey, man, Bryce Young, you know, he got robbed of a Rookie of the Year award. Like, I I don't know. I don't think it's going to add to the player wi- rivalry, but maybe some kind of team rivalry. You might hate the Falcons a little bit more because Robinson's good. <laughs> well, I think that uh, when you talk about percentages of him winning Rookie of the Year, I mean, I think Bryce Young's percentages should be pretty high. Like I said, I, I can't say enough how highly I think of him. I would probably go, I want to go as high as, as about 60%. So you think he should be the favorite? Yeah, I do. I really do. I, I think he's going to have Bijan, that kind of year. If Bijan Robinson is a mixture of Marshall Falk and yeah. Adrian Peterson, sure. and I know where you're going. Jim Brown and Gail Sayers <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and and all everyone. the backs. How how is he not the favorite to win it? Because quarterback is the the premier position in all of sports, and I think that Bryce Young is going to have a stellar rookie season, and I think that's going to overcome whatever Bijan does. I think Bijan could come out run for thirteen, fourteen hundred yards, and have ten, twelve touchdowns. But I've said. I think the interceptions are going to be low on Bryce Young. I think he goes 25 touchdown passes or better. I think he goes 3,500 or more passing yards. I think that he's going to have a fantastic rookie season. And we know that if a quarterback, especially that young, comes in year one and has that type of season, there's no way they're going to give it to a running back. Well, uh, I mean, if he has a crazy season, and rookie running backs can come in right away and have monster No doubt years, about it. And we see it all the time. And the other thing I'm kind of putting into this as well is, you also could have other guys win this. I, no I don't, doubt. So no doubt. It even I'm just maybe I'm taking too logical of an approach because if you're talking about some of the other guys that are drafted, what if Anthony Richardson goes off for a million rushing yards and Shane Steichen uses that guy right in year one? I don't think Bryce Young is. I think the odds makers have it correct. I think Bijan should be the favorite. And I think Bryce Young should be second, given he's in a best situation. I think he is at least the better quarterback right now, with the ceiling probably belonging to Anthony 
if he figures it out in Indianapolis. But there are other guys that could possibly take care of it, depending on how highly you think of Zay Flowers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know Dan Orlovsky saying he's the most complete receiver Lamar Jackson's ever had. If you bake all of that in, then 25 actually might be decent for a number one pick. Well, when you think about, though, especially when you talk about quarterbacks and you look at situations, okay, Bryce Young is really the only one that's in a position that he could win his division, and it's plausible because C.J. Stroud, nobody's expecting the Texans to win that division. The Colts, now while he may give them more of a chance, but right now we're looking at Jacksonville as a team to beat uh, in that division. We expect them to continue to ascend. The Tennessee Titans is also uh, a program that, yeah, they had a down season last year, 7-10, and 10, but we also know they have the requisite pieces uh, to make a comeback and bounce back as well. So I think the degree of difficulty in that division is going to be a little bit harder. But that's just like I said, how highly I think – uh, of Bryce when you talk about these things. And so yeah, now, what's he a mix of what's he a mix of? <laughs> yeah, no, this is great. This leads us right to my question because I wanted to get to this off of Frank Wright's IQ comments. When he said he has the IQ of the Matt Ryan IQ of the Peyton Manning, the Andrew Luck. And so we heard a lot of the comparisons coming into the draft on many Mahomes or uh, an assortment of different quarterbacks, Drew Brees, which quarterback would you most want Bryce Young to play like present or past if you had a guy to say his his playing style not stats career accolades Super Bowls any of that just his playing style is going to resemble you could say is it going to be Peyton Manning a guy that's just going to be super cerebral and playing chess with the defense is it going to be Patrick Mahomes a guy that's just all over the field making crazy plays or uh, Drew Brees, another just really cerebral guy. Like, which guy would you choose if you could only pick one that you would most want his playing style on the field to resemble? Russell Wilson is the one that comes to mind. And I am trying to go with a smaller stature QB. And part of that is the fact that the bigger QBs, the bodies that are 6'5", right, that do have the strong arm, those often coincide with one another. Bryce Young does not have an elite strong arm. He does not have the elite arm talent, if you want to use that as a cliche uh, measuring point for different prospects but Russell Wilson the one thing that might make me hold off a little bit on that is if you would look at his rushing stats but his rushing stats trying to bring him up right now there were some awesome years he had the 849 yard season in 2014 when he was 26 years old but every other year it's like 500 and below I I don't think Bryce Young's not going to get to 500 but you can put up a 376 he had in 2018. He can put up a 259 that he had in 2016. I think you can put up a 376 that he had in 2018. So if you give me the years where Russell Wilson was hurting teams more so, way more so with his arm, that's the kind of QB I want to see Bryce Young become. And the, the strong arm for Russell is there too. You know, so he had a stronger arm than, than Bryce Young. So maybe, maybe more passing prolific not as run heavy, but still somewhat the same style, improvising out of the pocket, not necessarily having to stay in and just causing havoc in the backfield. I think that's the kind of guy I would go to. If I had to choose a guy that I would most want him to be, it would be Peyton Manning for me because this is a guy that, as I said, we tout the cerebral style of play that he has. This is a guy that defenders will be up all night trying to come up with just that one call or that one little wrinkle that they can put into the defense that will maybe trick him. And that's the thing that Peyton Manning was so well respected for. Yes, he started out as a rookie learning his way through it, throwing a ton of interceptions, but this was a guy that every game – 
he played a chess match with the defense. And if, uh, you know, you're talking about seasons, 49 touchdowns, 10 picks. I mean, you hear the battles. He talked about with Ray Lewis, the Ed Reeves, the great defenders that had to come in and really at the line just figure out what is this guy trying to do? How can he get us? And so that's the guy I would most want him to resemble. I know he's not 6'6". I know he's not 240. But as far as just the way that he plays on the field, just a guy that really gets back there and breaks you down to the smallest molecule. You know what I'm saying? Like a scientist in there. That's the type of guy I want to see. Yeah, he is, really. He might be listening to Lil John while he's doing his uh, experiment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, man. So that's great discussion. Let's get to the second Fitty Flash of the day. Take it away, Joshua. Oh, I got a Joshua. Now yeah. we're being professional. Yeah, All right. yeah, he seems yeah. to be in trouble. All right, Wesley and <laughs> Walker. It's, it's just Walker. Pretty, yeah, yeah. It's not short for anything. All right, Walker, David. What do you know Mayo. your middle name? Is it David? It's not David. It sounds right though. It's not. Yeah, I, I could see a David. I have two middle names. Oh, we'll find out during the break. Yeah, that's fine. I uh, did want to remind you guys that the Charlotte Knights, they return to action tonight in Uptown as they host the Durham Bulls. 635 start tonight. But also, it was confirmed after there was a potential delay that the NFL will release their full slate on Thursday night at 8 p.m., featuring 14 playoff rematches, including the Super Bowl, both conference uh, championship games, and every matchup from the divisional round. How excited do you guys get for the schedule release? Like I heard Boomer Esiason on his CBS Sports Minute this morning said he has to replan his whole dinner. Hmm. Because it comes on at 8 o'clock, which you're eating dinner at 8 o'clock, you got other issues to worry about because it's too late to be eating dinner at 8 o'clock. But how excited do y'all get to watch games be released on a television screen? Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> about it. I understand the idea of you already knowing a lot of the opponents anyway. Yeah. You pretty much know the schedule. But it is interesting to see how it lines up. And you try to figure out what are the strong parts of the schedule and what are the weak parts. Like, okay, we've got three weeks in a row where the opponent you don't expect to be that great. Everything can flip on its head. We know the NFL is very unpredictable from year in and year out. But I get excited about it. Number one thing I look for, though, is the team's social media accounts. What kind of video they release. They're Super Bowl. As they allow the schedule to be released to the public. That's what I want to see, the social media account. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I'd look at the 49ers schedule and see what they've got. And uh, I look at some other teams of note. I always look at the Panthers schedule as well to see what the key games are, how many tough games do they have consecutively. And mostly, uh, I learned from Colin Cowherd too, I like to look at how many uh, big-time quarterbacks that they have to play uh, on their schedule. So it should be interesting, and we're going to be uh, excited for that. All right, so, Walker, we didn't get over to your house for Selection Sunday. Yeah. So Thursday night, 8 p.m., we come into the crib to get that Panther slate? Yeah, man, I'll send you the address, and then I'll meet you over there. <laughs> I want my steak reverse-seared, baked potato, crab legs, Caesar salad. Ooh, where I send you, I don't know if they're going to have that. <laughs> we'll have to find out. All right, when we come back, Jessica Sharman joins us, Charlotte FC radio analyst. This is Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. 
flip that true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, while you were coming out of the tunnel, I think someone was showing you a jersey that said Latanzio out, and you just looked at him and gave him a thumbs up. I kind of want to know maybe your message to maybe people that doubt you or this current squad. Listen, sometimes it feels like uh, we are Real Madrid. I mean, you made me laugh. This the 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 shirt. Enough is enough. It's like <laughs> it's like uh, this this club has won uh, three MLS Cup and three. CONCACAF Champions League, so now enough is enough. We need, to, we are building the club and we, I think the boys are doing as good as they can. And we had uh, some tough time in different ways. And so it makes me laugh this impatience. Christian Latanzio laughs at your impatience, fan base. Head coach of Charlotte FC. Soundbite right there. This is Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're going to continue to talk more Charlotte FC and making her debut on Wesson Walker. We welcome Charlotte FC radio analyst Jessica Charman. Find her on Twitter at Jess Talks Footy. You hear her alongside our guy Willie P as well. Jessica, we appreciate the time. How are you? It's about time you guys asked me to come on. I was wondering when I'd finally get a text. So very glad to join you guys at last. Well, we tried this a while back, but I think you weren't feeling well. And then it was all very hectic. And so now we finally are able to have your debut. Now, the thing is, I hear that you're already asking for uh, presents that we were sent. Is it true? Fiddy told us that you want one of these jelly cat stuffed animals that we were sent today. I feel like when I saw a rugby jelly cat being thrown at you guys <laughs> and I mean, have any of you guys ever played rugby? Uh, hot take, I played rugby in secondary school uh, and was quite talented. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, so, so toughness. Too. All, all right, so Fiddy told us that you might want the rugby jelly cat, which I didn't realize that would be an actual thing I've ever said on this show. But if you want the rugby jelly cat, that's fine. We've been in negotiations behind the scenes trying to figure out a trade because even if it's a debut, we want to welcome you, but we also want a little something out of this as well. Can we get a Sir Minty for rugby jelly cat trade straight up and then we can figure out a way to exchange these goods? Is Josh not giving up his? Is that one still in his bed? (laughs) (laughs) Now he wants more stuffed animals for his bed. That's a fitty. Hop on the mic. Are you going to bring Shay, his new named baseball stuffed animal? Are you going to bring that to the bed as well? Yeah, no, he's going to go home tonight. Sir Minty just got a bath over the weekend, so he's feeling pretty good. (laughs) Sir Minty's not coming to the studio. He has a new, he has a, he has digs. He has a bed. That's that's fine. So can can we work out a trade of some sort, Jessica, or or are you just going to take the rugby jelly cat from us? Oh no, no, we can find a trade. I okay. Studio, honestly. All right, I do, and I don't want Fitty to find. I don't want him to take home another Sermenti. Like it, it doesn't need a date. It's not a Mister and Mrs. Potato Head type of thing. I get to keep <laughs> Sermenti. We're going to put it in the studio, and it'll be just fine. That is the voice of Jessica Charman, Charlotte FC radio analyst, joining us right now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Let's dig a little deeper into the season here, Jessica. You praised. Ashley Westwood's passing on the broadcast during Saturday's win over NYCFC. How did he open up the offense for Charlotte FC? I think he's just a progressive player. A lot of our criticisms this season have been a lot of sideways passing, and I know it's been driving fans insane. Completely understand that. Ashley Westwood has that eye for a forward pass. Since entering the team, he's already progressed into second 
in the entire team in five matches in those forward-looking passes, which just goes to show that there isn't a like-for-like switch for Ashley Westwood. You saw it with the goal. The ability to be able to wait a pass so a winger like McKenzie Gaines doesn't have to stop running is so important. And yes, McKenzie Gaines' cross is amazing, and it's so relieving to finally have McKenzie Gaines offering that service, but without the pass for Ashley Westwood. It doesn't get into that position. Maybe I'm a little biased, but it's always nice to see an Englishman shine. (laughs) Jessica, now we know that Charlotte reaped the benefits of an own goal. And so I wanted to ask you, where do you rank the own goal in the pantheon of embarrassing sports play? Great question. Oh, I think it depends on the caliber of the own goal. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I think I've had the worst own goal in history where the ball hit the crossbar, hit the back of my head, and then went into the goal. Um, That one was pretty high up there in worst ever moments of any sports person's career. I think if it's one where the forwards have made it very difficult for you, perhaps you get away with it. I think the one this weekend wasn't too embarrassing because the ball was so good. But if you're a goalkeeper and the ball hits you or you pass it into the back of the net, then it's got to be up there. I don't know if there's an American football equivalent to an own goal, is there? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe running the wrong way. I will tell you. Oh, no question. If if we want to do a little story time here. I I mean it's happened before. If somebody picks up the fumble, I feel like there have been bloopers. Going so, in the wrong basket. Yeah, well, basketball. I, I have a I have a, an, an admission uh, here. I might have done here that. We go. I might have done that one time. <laughs> Jessica, you and me, we're venting. Okay, this is therapy. Uh, we can go through some of the sports bloopers that we've experienced before. I was at basketball camp one time, and yes, I grabbed the rebound at ten years old off of a missed free throw. Everybody runs the opposite direction, and I'm thinking, great. Let's go ahead and get some trash points here. Shoot it. Everybody yells at me because I just scored for the other team. <laughs> that happened to me at 10 years old as well. So it's not bad, Jessica. I feel like mine's a little more embarrassing than yours. I don't know. Mine happened at the collegiate level. So 10 okay. years old, you've got an excuse. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jessica's more embarrassing than I am. I'll take it. I'll try at least. I'll take that. All right, Jessica. Well, Coach Latanzio said before the game, he asked the team to show grit and a willingness to win. And he said that's all he asked of them. And the fact that they came out victorious, does that speak to the respect that they have for him and his ability to motivate them? Yeah, I think it does. And I also think, more importantly, it shows the pride that this team has for their jersey. When you're putting on a Charlotte FC jersey, the fan base expects one thing, right? And that's 110% effort. And unfortunately, in a couple of the losses this season, it has looked like they haven't been able to give complete heart in the performances. Playing at home, Bank of America Stadium, atmosphere, unmatched, incredible. You should be able to give that determination, that hard work and that winning mentality. I thought the game was one of the most exciting matches that I've seen in a long time with the way that Charlotte was able to come back twice to get back into that winning position. I think it shows that Latanzo is able to motivate them, but more importantly, that these players want to play for the city that they're in. Jessica Charman, Charlotte FC radio analyst, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. We've talked a lot with Willie P over the last few weeks, and of course it was a a bad start for uh, Charlotte FC. After the win on Saturday, they'll play tonight against Orlando in the U.S. Open Cup event. Uh, How are they playing right now in your eyes? Are they headed in the right direction? Uh, I think we have to see how they do tonight against Atlanta United before you can really make that claim. Unfortunately, it's been one incredible performance followed by one pretty garbage performance so far this season. You look at Columbus crew when we're able to beat Columbus and you thought, oh my goodness, this is the momentum. We've knocked off the top squad. Immediately afterwards, you lose 3-0 against DC United. Like, unacceptable. So, 
this result was brilliant. The performance was very, very encouraging. I thought there were a lot of positives. But before I jump in and say, okay, worries are over, I want to see how they're able to take that momentum and offer consistency. Because at the end of the day in this league, you're not going to progress or challenge for any sort of silverware if you're not able to get that consistency. All right, Jessica, last thing for us. Um, we turned off the mics. We negotiated a little bit more during this trade. We won a little something else. Fiddy put it in the rundown as well. I think it's a good addition from him. He said, when can we expect some British snacks to be delivered to the studio? Now, if you don't mind in this negotiation, we will give you the rugby football. We have a cricket ball as well. I thought oh. it was a racket ball. So we will throw in the cricket ball if you want it. If we can get some sort of British snack and you can tell us what snack you would want to throw in. Like what, what what's something you would want us to try for the first time on air? Okay, Sir Andy is actually flying in to this great nation with my mother in a week and a half. Okay. So I will make sure to add some English snacks to that repertoire. Are you guys thinking sweet or salty? Uh, what do we want? I, I feel like sweet. I think sweet too. I feel like we want that instead. So if we went that route, what would be the snack you'd want to include? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I think I'm going to get you a bag of pick mix Now, pick mix is like lots of different sweeties that you get at the cinema where you're able to pick a various different types of candy. So you've got everything from like the fizzy gummies to the chewy fudge, but it's English style, so it's world class. Oh, that okay. sounds great. Yeah, I think we're winning this trade, to be honest with you. I like the rugby uh, ball as well, but it sounds like we're going to win this trade. Jessica Charman joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, Charlotte FC radio analyst. We appreciate her time and the debut. It will not be that long before we have you on again. We've got the debut under our belts now, so we appreciate it, Jessica, and we'll talk to you again soon. Love it. Talk to you guys soon. Have a good one. That was good. That was fun having her on. We've got the trade now. We've got the rugby ball going out. We have British snacks coming in. We also have a Sermenti stuffed animal. So this should be a good one. I feel like that's going to be fun. Also, I do want to ask the text line. I shared my embarrassing sports moment. Jessica shared her embarrassing sports moment. I want to hear yours. 704-570-9610. When we come back, Wes will reveal his. I'm going to force him. I don't know how much it's going to work, but I'm going to try to force him to reveal his embarrassing <laughs> no, moment. I will. Fiddy, I don't know how many you have. I don't know if you're just going to talk about how Church League, you were amazing despite a torn ACL. I'm sure Stanford P will back you up as well. So tune in to find out in the last hour next. Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You okay? I'm okay.